Good morning. How's everybody today? If you had a good time in Sunday school, I pray. If you didn't make it, we'd encourage you to come to Sunday school. We have great teachers as they share the word each Sunday morning. Be a part. You can read the bulletin. It's got all kinds of announcements in it. I think, Ms. Arlene, do you have a word you want to say right quick, hon? Good morning. Uh, today is the official kickoff day for our volunteers for the Christmas to Remember program. Each of you should have received one of these little brochures, and if you didn't, you can raise your hand and Annette will bring one to you. But today, this is the paper sign up. We're also going to show on the video, we're going to show you how to sign up online and also where you can find our Christmas to Remember Facebook page where you can follow along all year long to see when we get donations or when we have a ministry opportunity or anything like that. So see if you'll play the video. Hi, I'm Arlene Clark, founder and director of A Christmas to Remember. This morning, each of you will receive a volunteer opportunities brochure. The brochure is full of exciting ways in which you can get plugged into our Christmas to Remember program. We have opportunities prior to the event, during, and even after the event. There are approximately 40 different areas for you to choose from and you can even select additional areas in which to serve. Although our event will begin at 8 a.m. and end around 12.30, few jobs will last the entire morning. For instance, if you choose to work a gift table, the shopping will begin at 9 a.m. and end around 10.30. In a matter of minutes, the shopping area is transformed into a gift wrapping area. Many volunteers choose to sign up for both the gift table and the wrapping table. Inside your bulletin, you will also notice a media flyer. This is your opportunity to step behind the scenes and enjoy all the wonderful things that are happening, not only at A Christmas to Remember, but at Montanay Baptist Church as well. You can gain access to everything by simply logging onto our website and following the links. Here's how easy it is. Once the page is open, scroll across the various options listed at the top of the page. When you hover over the missions link, a drop-down menu will appear on your screen. Click on the Christmas to Remember option. Once you're on the Christmas to Remember page, you will notice several options on the left-hand side of your page. We're going to go over a couple of them. We're going to look at the volunteers, and we're going to look at the Facebook page. When we click the volunteer link, this will take you straight to the volunteer sign-up page. Simply scroll through all the options and pick one that's just right for you. Click on the sign up and follow the prompts. It's that easy. Now let's go back to the Christmas to Remember page. Next, let's take a look at our Christmas to Remember Facebook page and follow along. 
Simply click the link and follow along. Each morning around 7 a.m., we post a fun or informative update to our page. Remember to click the like button to receive instant notifications when we post. Thank you for stepping up and gladly serving our church and our community. With your help, we will reach many families, not only by providing Christmas gifts, but by providing the love of God. Now let's get to work. I encourage you very much, those forms, get them filled out, get them turned in. There's a box out in the foyer, drop it in there. Let's help some kiddos have a great Christmas, a Christmas to remember. Remember, they don't just get gifts. They come in here and they hear the gospel about how to be saved when they come and get their gifts. So let's be a part. It takes a hundred folks in order to do this and do it properly. So let's be a part of it and, and get, uh, get these kiddos a Christmas that they'll really remember not only about a gift, but about Jesus. Praise God. I think you have an announcement, young lady. I do. Good morning. Um, this morning, our choir Christmas cantata sign-up sheet is out back in front of um, Brother Harold's office. Our Christmas cantata will be December 10th, the day after A Christmas to Remember. Um, we won't be having, for those of you that have sung before, we won't be doing our regular Saturday practice, so we'll just be doing our Sunday, Sunday cantata. So come one, come all. If you've never sung before, we still would love to have you. Thank you. Our first practice is four weeks from today. Thank you, hon. Brother Matt, do you have a, a picture of the, of the uh, playground back there? Uh, Brother Harold and Miss Tammy have been working diligently looking for playground equipment for our children and they've come up with this one and it's a, a very, very uh, nice one out of, out of fiberglass and metal. Uh, it's uh, about a little over $3,000 piece of equipment and they were able to purchase it for $1,000. And God just blessed us with that. And, and on top of that, it'll be delivered for free. So we don't even have to go pick it up. And we praise God for that. Thank you, Harold and Tammy, so much. Brother Dwayne Curry's working on the, the drainage and the, getting all the, that done, all the groundwork. We have the fence is completed, and the gates are up. We're just... Uh, Got to try to figure out sure how to lock them and, and make it where our insurance company likes it and the fire marshal likes it too. But we'll work on that. I praise God for each one of you being here today. You're going to get a breath of fresh air today. Brother Thomas is going to be preaching this morning and this evening. And I would ask you to be in prayer for him as he shares the word. And uh, as this young man fulfills what God has called him to do, and I praise God for that. I'm going to ask you to stand with me and let's pray as I say thank you for all of our guests being here, and of course, always, thank you, Lord God, for our members. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you and we praise your name for today. I thank you, Father, for every person that's here, 
You know every heart, every need. Lord God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you minister unto that person. Under their spiritual needs, their physical needs, whatever they are. And then, Lord God, we lift up Thomas to you. I ask you to bless him as he shares the word. Let it speak freely through him, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I give you all the glory and the blessings for it, Father. Now, we just thank you that you will minister to us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Brother Harold? Good morning. Let's remain standing and let's come into his presence. His presence is here, but most of all, I pray that each and every one of us, his presence is here in your heart. Come into his presence this morning. Let's give him praise. Come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart and give him praise and give him praise. Come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart and give him praise.
may be seated. Many, many promises. And he lives. He still lives. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me. Long life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Salvation's doing more. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see his Pray. 
stand, please? Ushers, come forward. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can hear the brush of angel wings. I see glory on each unto the Lord God his tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Lord God, we do praise you. We love you so very much. Now, Father, receive unto yourself the tithes and the offerings. Bless them. Use them to further your kingdom. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
God says for us to come and lay our offerings, tithes and offerings on the altar. And we have done this. Let us just thank God again. Lord God, I praise you now that you will take these tithes and offerings. And Father, you'll bless those that have given. And you'll take them and you'll use them to further your kingdom, Father. You'll give us direction as we minister to others. Now, Father, just bless as Markley comes and sings and then as Brother Thomas comes and breaks the word of life. You speak through both of them, Father. And we pray this in your Son's holy and precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Jesus in my heart I'm getting to be an old man and I look back and I remember like it was just today the day that Jesus came into my heart I was six years old it was about March and earlier in the week this was back in the days when we had sunbeams. And uh, that was a training period we had on Monday afternoons. And uh, the little church we went into was in Highway Park, Texas. And it, the pastor's office was upstairs, and there was an outside staircase that went up to it. And at six years old, that seemed like the longest climb. It, it, was, it just went straight up. It didn't have a, a bend or anything in it. You know, it probably wasn't that high, but at six years old, it seemed like a long ways. And I'd been to Sunbeams, and of course, I'd been to Sunday school, and Mom and Dad had talked to me and told me and, and whatnot, and I had a Sunday school teacher that loved me, and she, she shared with me and all of the other boys and girls that were in there. But on that Monday afternoon, there was at Sunbeams for, don't even remember what, it was all what the lessoner was about or anything like that. But when it was over with, I walked out and I went right up the stairs to the pastor's office. It wasn't prompted or anything else, but I went up there to see Brother Thompson and told him that I needed Jesus and that I wanted to be saved. And he talked to me. Of course, he knew me. He knew Mom and Dad. He knew Mac and Monty and everything. But he, right there in his office, well, he talked to me and and we prayed and everything, and he said, well, when you're, when you're ready, well, you just need to come and bring it, come before the church. And he explained to me about being baptized and everything. And so that next Sunday morning, I couldn't wait for the message to be over with. And go down and I say give my heart to Jesus. I'd already done it, but... At least I gave it to let everybody know. And I'd never seen so many crying old women in my life and had my neck hugged so much. But I guarantee, here I am almost 65 years later, and that is such a precious memory. 
and because of that that's why I sing about Jesus deep in my heart there's a gladness Jesus has saved me from sin praise to his name what a savior cleansing without and within why do I sing about Jesus why is he precious to me he is my Lord and my Good morning. As the children are winding up to go enjoy their time of worship, I want to stop and thank Brother Mac for giving me the opportunity to stand before you today to proclaim God's Word. Something that I thoroughly enjoy, but something that I do not take lightly as well. But I want to open up with asking you a couple questions, and I know as soon as I said that, it's running through the student's mind, oh my goodness, can never get away from his questions. You ask them, 
I'm full of questions. But sometimes when we ask questions, it gets us to thinking. And I want to ask you these questions, and I want you to have these questions on your mind as we, as we open up God's Word and as we um, listen to what God has for us. Actually, the first one is just a statement. It's not, not a question. But I want you to know that God loves you. Nothing hidden in that little statement. God loves you. Now the question I want to ask, do you love Him in return? Do you love Him in return? Now I want you to think about that as we dive into His message. We're going to be uh, in Romans chapter 12 this morning. Romans chapter 12, Romans has, if I could nail down one book in the Bible that's become my favorite, it's the book of Romans. Just because, it's not because Paul wrote it, but it's because of the message that is found within the book of Romans. These two verses we're going to read, it's a familiar passage. And I could probably say that I've preached to you about this before, but I can honestly say that these two verses have so much meaning and so much impact that it seems like every time I go to these verses, there's something else that God shares with me. I was talking to somebody this morning, and he made the comment of golden nuggets. And that's what I take from reading God's Word. Sometimes you can read a passage multiple times, and then it's that one time you go and read it, and you're like, that is the golden nugget I need for right now. This morning we're going to be reading Romans chapter 1, or Romans chapter 12, excuse me, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Father God, in the next few moments as we dive into this word, Father, as we dig for these golden nuggets that you have so preciously laid out in your word, God, I pray that you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would open up our hearts. And that, Father, that you would speak to us the very word, the very holy word that you want us to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. If I were to title this message, the message would be titled, We Are Called to Live a Life of Obedience, Not compromise. Paul opens up this chapter, and the one thing we have to understand is we have to look at the wording that's taking place in this first verse. The very first word is a conjunction. I'm going to take you back to grammar school for a second. Yeah, you know, all that stuff that you learned in elementary. Hey, I'm still learning it today. Uh, you know, they say, what, about, what is this going to have to do with 10, 20 years down the road? 
guess what? It has a lot to do, especially when you're studying God's word. But that first word, therefore, and I have a former pastor in Little Rock, he said, when you see that word, therefore, and I think Brother Mack has said it too, you've got to know what it's there for. So, um, so I'm going to take you on that journey and see why that first word, before we go even further, why it's there. Well, you've got to look back at the previous chapter uh, in chapter 11. Romans 12 kind of opens up as a continuation of what Paul was telling us in verse 11. But in two different times we see in chapter 11, it's talking about Israel's rejection. But it's talking about, in chapter 11, Paul's talking about Israel's rejection of the Messiah. When Jesus came, they rejected him as the Messiah. But what the message that we are seeing in chapter 11 is that Israel's rejection is not final. And so, but because of the rejection, there has been something else that has taken place. And in verse uh, 11 of chapter 11, it says, I ask then, have they stumbled as, so as to fall? Paul says, absolutely not. On the, con on the contrary, by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. Can anybody tell me who the Gentiles are? We are. If you answered us, you are correct. But it's because that therefore, that starting in verse 12, in, in verse 1 of chapter 12, that therefore is referring back to here. It's because of Israel's transgression that salvation has come to us. In other words, we're reaping the benefits of Israel's sin, of their rejection of the Messiah. But it's not absolute. It's not going to last forever. And there's going to come a time when Israel is going to be restored back to, into the fellowship of God. Also in verse, uh, I want to reiterate this in two different times in chapter 11 and verse 30 and 31. It said, as you once, referring to us Gentiles, disobeyed God, but now you have received mercy through their, referring to the Jews, disobedience. So they too have now disobeyed, resulting in mercy to you, so that they also may now receive mercy. Again, we see the picture because of their refusal to accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah it has opened the door for us for our salvation this is why it's often known that the day we're living in is the Gentile age it's the day where God is saving the Gentiles for his kingdom now now that you know why the therefore is there in verse 1 of chapter 12 we can continue on Understand that Jesus went to the cross. We're talking about salvation here that this is therefore is referring to. For us Gentiles, Jesus went to the cross to save us from our sins. But not only that, but to set us free from that sin and the bondage that sin creates. Understand, church, that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for our sins. The blood that was shed covered our sins but not only that it covers the sin but it also set us free from the bondage that sin creates 
See, a lot of times it's not just the sin we have to deal with, it's the bondage that that sin puts us in. Paul said, uh, book is uh, out of my mind, uh, or I can't think of right now, but uh, Paul said, you know, I do the very thing I don't want to do, which he's referring to sin, but the very thing that I want to do, I don't do. He's referring to living for God. And we're like, Paul said this? Yes, Paul said this. One of the greatest apostles of all time said this very thing. The thing I want to do, which is serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with everything I have, I don't do. But the very thing I don't want to do is sin. I do. But here we're going to talk about of how we can be, not only from, by, through our salvation, that we are set free from sin and the bondage sin, but too many times we miss this point. We miss the fact that we're set free from sin. We miss the fact that we're set free from the bondage of sin because we compromise sin and we let it continue to rule over us. Now, let's get us get to Romans chapter 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly pleasing to God. This is your true form of worship. There is so much in this passage that I would love to sit down and talk to you with or, or, or teach you about. But frankly, I know y'all want to get to dinner. A lot of times when we come to this passage, we skim through it and we focus on that last part of verse 1. This is your true form of worship. Oh, yay! I can worship God. I love worshiping God. What does that look like? Worshiping God, we can look at it in many different ways. But the thing about it is, Paul's saying here, this is your true form of worship. Well, what's our true form of worship? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back to the first part of the verse. Therefore, brothers and sisters, Paul here is talking to Christians. He's not talking to the lost. He's talking to brothers and sisters. He's referring to them as brothers and sisters, meaning they've accepted Jesus Christ. In view of the mercies of God, what are those mercies? Go back to Romans 11 and the verses that we said. In view of the mercies of God, in view of what the Jewish... Uh, the nation of Israel did in rejecting the Messiah and it opened the door for us to have salvation in Jesus Christ in view of that and then he uses the word urge it doesn't say well if you wake up and feel, feel up to that go ahead and present no he says I urge you there is an importance behind that word urge. He's almost begging. He's pleading with them. I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What in the world does that look like? Well, I can't explain it all to you. But if you truly want to worship God, you've got to come a living sacrifice to him. Too many times we can't effectively become a true sacrifice to God because of sin that plagues our life, sin that comes in. Going back to, yeah, we're free from sin, but we're still stuck in the bondage of sin. Understand that when Jesus died on the cross again, 
We're not only free from it, we're free from the bondage of that sin. Sin has no control over the believer in Jesus Christ. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are no longer bound to sin. They're no longer enslaved to sin. But the problem lies when we choose to keep living in that sin. When we choose to keep staying in bondage to that sin. Thinking, I'll never be able to get over this. Well, honestly, no, you won't. Because it's only through the mercy and grace of God. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that you're delivered from that sin. There's no I in that. It takes the power and the work of the Holy Spirit constantly working in your life. But understand this. He just doesn't show up and say, okay, we're going to go to work today. No, it is you becoming a living sacrifice, saying, God, here I am. God, what is it that you want me to do today? God, what do I have to do in my life today in order to be who you want me to be, in order to truly worship you? Sometimes it's so hard to get to that point. Trust me, I've done it many a times in my own life. The culture we live in these days, the world that we live in, sin is running rampant and it's, it's like you can't get away from it. It's constantly knocking at your heart's door trying to get you to fall. It's constantly everywhere you go. Watching, I mean, TV is to the point where we might as well throw TV out. But how many of us would really do that? Because in order to do that, it would require a sacrifice. It would require you not watching your shows anymore. It would require us not being able to watch the hogs play football, basketball, baseball, whatever we watch. It would require us not to be able to do some of the things that we enjoy doing, watching. My wife would go nuts if we threw our TV out with all the vet shows she watches. I honestly think I have a, uh, a doctorate in veterinarian school because of how many times I've watched vet shows. There's nothing wrong with them. But a lot of times, we don't choose to get away from that TV because of some words that were said in the commercials or the lifestyle we're seeing in these commercials. But you understand when we see that, when we see that and we don't do anything about it, a seed has been planted. When we hear that word that we shouldn't be hearing, when we see that scene that we shouldn't be seeing, when we see the lifestyle that we shouldn't be paying attention to or giving anything to, if we don't do anything about it, it's planted. Only when we choose to say, God, I'm going to be a living sacrifice. I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to do it away. I'm not saying to go get rid of all your TVs. That is not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is to face sin 
to understand that we don't need to compromise with sin, it requires us to make a sacrifice. It requires us to have, uh, for us to stand up and choose. I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, one that is holy, one that is pleasing to God. For some reason, I don't know, the last several weeks, you know, in my correspondence with my schooling and stuff, the question has come up, well, how can I be holy and have a relationship with holy God? Church, in my correspondence with things and studies and everything, I'm getting the impression that we have it backwards. A lot of times we think, okay, God's a holy God. That's demonstrated in uh, um, the, the Pentateuch. I'll give you, for instance, um, Aaron's sons. Aaron, many of y'all know, is the brother of Moses. He was our first high priest in the Old Testament. What did Aaron's sons do? They were the sons of the priests, so they had to carry on the priestly duties. They offered a strange fire before the, our holy God. God instantly killed him. When you read something like that, you're like, wait a minute, what? How can I have a relationship with a holy God? God says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What I'm trying to get to is many of us think, well, in order for me to have a relationship with God, I've got to be holy. Wrong. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that I've got to go get right before I go to God. Nowhere in the Bible does it say I've got to go be holy before I go to God. No, it says go to God, therefore He can make you holy. Go to God, therefore He can make you right. It is only through Jesus Christ and His blood that we can be holy. It is only through Jesus Christ and His blood that we can be made right with Him. And the blood that is applied to our life, that righteousness that has been put on our life, that is what allows us to go before a holy God. It is not about what we can do. It's all about what Jesus did. Holy, pleasing to God. Have you ever thought about those couple words right there? Pleasing to God. Have you ever thought about, am I pleasing God? Too many times we please others, whether it's family, whether it's coworkers, friends. We're so caught up in pleasing others that we neglect to ask, am I pleasing God? In my everyday life, am I pleasing God? You know, I, I took the students through um, a couple of weeks talking about worship and talking about praise. And do you understand that when we truly get to the point of worship and praise in God, it is like in a sweet, smelling, savory aroma that goes up before the Lord. You know what also is a sweet, smelling, savory aroma that goes up before the Lord? sacrifice all through the Old Testament and I'm telling you what these classes that I'm taking has given me a new love for the Old Testament but in talking about the sacrificial system 
as the blood was applied, as the smoke and incense went up, it was a sweet-smelling aroma that pleased God. When was the last time you woke up and said, you know what, I'm tired of pleasing others. I'm going to please God today. You can start by saying, God, I'm going to be a living sacrifice today. A lot of times, this requires a complete sellout. Holy, pleasing to God, this is your true form of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is that good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You want to know a way of becoming a living sacrifice? Don't give in to the world. Don't conform to the world. Don't compromise with the world. When somebody comes up to you and says, oh, that hurt my feelings, what you said. Maybe you said, spoke truth about what God says in your Bible, and they came up to you and said, I'm, that, that hurt my feelings. Too many times we compromise and say, I'm sorry. Why are you apologizing? Why are you saying you're sorry? Did God say he was sorry? Why do we say sorry when people come up and say, you hurt my feelings, what you said reading that scripture? Or you're hurting my feelings the way you're living if you're living like a living sacrifice for God. Church, it's time to say, well, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, don't say sorry, saying this is what God asked me to do. This is what God wants me to do. I am pleasing God, not you. Now, understand that. When we please God, we still love that person. And we still care greatly for that person. But understand this, we often get the cart and the horse backwards. God says we're supposed to love, but at the same time, we're supposed to please God, not man. The way we do not be conformed to this age, stop listening to man and start following God, start pleasing God, but also to be transformed. See, many people have the mindset that when we're saved, that's it. We're done. No, it's just starting. Because Jesus says that when he saved us, he said, I've given you a new heart. Not to stop living, but to begin living. And see, that's the transformation process that's taking place. When we get saved, you're saying, hey, don't conform to this world. Don't give in to the world. Don't compromise with the world. Understand, you are a different person. You are a, a new creature. You are a child of God that has been transformed. But the problem with that transformation is there's still work for us to do. Because it says, by the renewing of your mind. What does that look like? What does that mean? Easy way I can put this is for those that like computers... You'll get this right off the bat. Those who hate computers, I'm sorry. But think of a brand new computer. 
you got it, man, it's running smoothly, it's running great, it's, woo, it's nice. Somebody sends you a link through an email, whatever, you go, oh, download. Everything goes crazy, haywire. Well, what you once had, everything was running smoothly, is now, why is everything running so slow? What, what's going on with this? Why am I getting all these crazy little signals and stuff? A virus has infiltrated your computer. You know what the only way to get that virus out is? You got to reprogram the computer. If you've ever taken psychology or studied our minds, our minds is probably one of the greatest computers that we ever have, that this world has ever seen. Yes, they can, they can create uh, all these supercomputers, artificial computers, AIs, all they want, but nothing's going to match to the computer that's sitting in your head right now that God created and that God designed. But the problem with that is when we were born, not the problem with God's creations, problem lies with us. Just clarify that. But the problem is that when we were born, we were born with a bunch of viruses. Just like how that virus infiltrated that computer just with the click of a opening attachment to email, we were born with a bunch of viruses. And so because of that, we're, hey, this is normal life. This is what we're supposed to do. No. Because I'm going to tell you right away, right now, following Jesus, there ain't nothing about following Jesus normal. If you think there is, you need to wake up. Just put it. But following Jesus, there's nothing normal about it. I was talking with somebody last night, or somebody, uh, I was sitting, and somebody made this comment, and, and, I, and I've actually uh, dealt with this, co- this particular comment with uh, some students and some uh, friend, uh, uh, relatives of some students. And they're like, where's God been? Even before creation, where was he? Was he just there? Yes, he was. What was he doing? As another person that loves to plan said, oh, he was laying out the groundwork, planning Spoken from somebody who loves to plan things years in advance. I have nothing against planners, by the way. In fact, if I could do it, I would. It just doesn't work well with me. (laughs) But understand this. It is hard for us to sit here and imagine that before God created everything, he was there. He was there. It's a little thing called faith we don't have the answers to those questions those questions I'm sure will be answered when we get to heaven thank you Jesus but right now we just have to tell those people where did God come from God's always been Jesus says I am end of story he told Moses God who do I say and he say I am am enough said John says in the beginning was the word God was in the beginning it takes faith to understand this so Christians we got to understand the Christian life is not always simple there's some things that 
to our sinful mind, we can't understand. And we won't understand this side of heaven. But it takes faith. It takes understanding. Listen, I have a sinful mind. And to really understand God and to really follow what God wants me to do, I have to reprogram my mind. Because the way the culture's saying is going the opposite of what Jesus is telling me to do. Do you think Peter was in his right mind when Jesus said, come out to me, Peter. The world's saying, Peter, you're stupid. If you get out of the boat, which is your safety net, and go out in the middle of the storm, guess what's going to happen? You're going to drown. But Jesus says, come. Does that sound sane to you? But Jesus is telling us, let go of the world, let go of the boat, and step out into the storm where I am. Because that's who Jesus is. Transform your mind by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern. Okay, this doesn't make sense, but something's telling me that i got to go do it. Being a living sacrifice for God does not make sense doesn't make sense to the world sometimes it doesn't make sense to us but we need to wake up every morning being that living sacrifice even if it costs you your life are you living for God to the point where you'd be willing to lose your life for God Peter and I mean if he was really thinking he's like if I step out of this boat I could die I could go under, the storm's raging, and being on the Sea of Galilee, I've never saw the storm, but I saw how the mountains surround the uh, Sea of Galilee, and I could see where the storms can come and where they can wreak havoc on that sea. But in our minds, before renewing them, we're like, the safety net is in the boat. But Jesus wasn't in the boat. He was out walking on the water. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You want to know what the perfect will of God is for your life? Commit to being a living sacrifice for Him. Commit to living a life that's holy and pleasing to God. Commit to true worship to God. Commit to not being conformed to this world. Commit to being transformed. Commit to renewing your mind for the sake of Christ. So that you will know. I was talking this morning to the students. A simple passage in 1 Samuel where... Pretty much God led Saul before he came king on a wild goose chase over two donkeys. You're like, this is crazy story. Saul's dad says, hey, those donkeys wandered off. Saul, take a servant, go get them. But through that wild goose chase, Saul was led to Samuel. But it also says, Samuel, when he spoke, he said, you know what? God told me 
this time, yesterday, this time today, that you were going to show up. When Saul showed up, God said to Samuel, there he is. You know what that's a picture of? First of all, it's a picture of the relationship that Jesus wants to have with us. But instead of God talking, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit talking to us today. And through that, as we do all this, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit tells us He's able to show us what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You know, other examples that we see where people didn't compromise, but they stayed true. We see in Daniel when the king made a decree not to pray to anybody. What did Daniel do? Did he compromise? Did he go and hide the windows? Close the windows? No. He continued doing. He never stopped. Daniel knew what the outcome would be. A hungry den of lions. But did that stop Daniel? No. He did not compromise. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Bow down to the idol. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took it a step further and said, look, when the king was going to give them another chance, they said, look, we're not going to do it. We know God can rescue us, but even if he so chooses not to, we get to go be with heaven with him. They didn't bow down to the pressures of the culture. They didn't compromise. You know, as I look back over the years, one thing I love about America is the heritage, the history. I see how our country was founded upon God and His Word. I see that our country was governed by God. You can see it in our founding paperwork that started this country. You could see it in the reason why they left England to come here. But fast forward to now, and look where we're at now. We've done a lot of compromising. We've kicked God out of schools. We've almost, in a sense, kicked God out of churches. Because we've compromised. All through this, as I was preparing this, there's this song that kept going through my mind. It's a song I actually grew up listening to by a, a Christian group. Some of you may not know, some of you may know. But the title of the song is For Future Generations. And real quick, it says, signs are obvious, they're everywhere. All that we hear about is the gloom and despair. Too many would be prophets saying it's the end of it all because Mother Earth can't take much more, the hammer's going to fall. So nature has its needs, that's a lesson learned, but it appears to me there are greater concerns. 
We're too focused on, hey, we need to save the planet instead of saving somebody's life. The chorus says, so I won't bend and I won't break. I won't water down my faith. I won't compromise in a world of desperation. What has been, I cannot change. But for tomorrow and today, I must be a light for future generations. I still have children at home. Am I being a light to them? Many of you have children and grandchildren that are grown up. But that doesn't mean that you can stop being a light to them. If you still got air in your lungs, you can still be a light to them. Looking in the eyes of the children, knowing that tomorrow is at stake, when the choice is up to them, this is the part that really gets me. When the choice is up to them, because one day the children are going to be standing where I'm standing. The children are going to be standing where the president's standing. The children are going to be running this country. Will they have the strength to say that we won't bend, we won't break, we won't water down our faith? Will they have the strength to look at the generation before them and say, it's because of them, it's because they chose not to compromise with sin that I can continue on? Yes, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ that they made it, but it's that generation, the blood that has been applied to generation after generation. Church, it's time we are losing our generation. Because we are just carelessly sitting by and saying somebody else will take care of it. No, they're going to look to you. When they're faced in situations like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, they're going to look to you and say, what did they do? Did we show them what to do? Did we give them what they needed to be able to stand up and say, I'm going with God, so therefore I won't bend and I'm not going to break. I'm not going to water down my faith. I won't compromise. Church, if your grandchildren looked at you today, if your children looked at you today, young parents, if your children looked at you or had to stand 10, 20 years from now and they're going through a trial, and they look back through the years and see my mom and dad they didn't bend they didn't break they didn't compromise in their faith they didn't compromise in their walk with Jesus can they look at the church and say my church didn't break my church didn't compromise that's what we've got to look to you want to know how you can please God be a living sacrifice to the point that you're not going to compromise your faith because there's somebody watching you. There's somebody that is looking up to you. And one day, they're going to be in your shoes. What decision are they going to make? So we bow our heads and close our eyes. What decision do you need to make today?
I go back to those questions, that question that I asked you first. God loves you. But do you truly love God? If you truly love God, you'd make it your aim to be a living sacrifice for God each and every day. If you truly love God, you would make it your aim that everything you did, that everything you said pleased God. You would make it your aim that everything you did, as it comes up before God, that would be a sweet smelling aroma. Is that your life today? I pray it is. What's your children going to say? Are the children going to be able to look back and follow the example that you left behind and say, I won't bend and I won't break. I'm going to stand for God. I pray that you can say that. But if there is something going on in your life where you can't say that, maybe you've compromised with sin and there's a sin in your life that you need to deal with, I encourage you to come to these prayer altars and get that settled. Again, understand that because of Christ's sacrifice, he freed us from sin, but he also freed us from the bondage of sin. And you can get that right today. Maybe you're sitting here and you say, Brother Thomas, I don't know this Jesus. Well, today can be your day of salvation. I encourage you to come up here. You can talk to Mac. You can talk to many people here. Get that right today because Jesus is standing at your heart's door knocking and he is waiting for you to answer by saying, Jesus, here I am. Take me. I want to be a living sacrifice. If I would, I could. I'd make that decision for you, but I can't. That's only between you and God. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for this day you've given us. I thank you for your love and grace and mercy. God, in the next few moments during this song, I just ask you, Father, if there's somebody here that does not know you, Father, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. Father, that therefore in Romans 12, 1, Father, that's for them, that's for all of us. It's for our salvation, it's for them to be able to accept you into their lives. So God, I ask that today would be their day of salvation. Holy Spirit, move in the only way you can move. Father, I'm asking if there's people here that they're scared of what their children or grandchildren may say when their back's up against the wall. Father, maybe they've compromised with sin. Maybe they've done some things. Father, I pray if that's somebody here that they would run up here and get that taken care of because today they can choose, I will not compromise my faith. I won't bend and I won't break. God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just work and move in the only way you can. In your name we pray. Amen. As everybody stands.
Just come on right now as Jesus speaks to your heart. If you need to join the church, if you need to follow the Lord in Scripture, baptism, you need to be saved, whatever it is, you come on right now. Don't wait, don't tarry. Come. Praise God for the word Brother Thomas has shared with us this morning. I'm going to ask Brother Harold to lead us in one more verse. Your opportunity. If you need to make a decision, you need to do it right now. Not because of Brother Thomas, not because of me, not even because of the church. Because God is speaking to your heart. Won't you make that decision this morning? I don't know what it is, but I truly believe there are some. Maybe you just need to come to the altar and pray. Maybe you just need to be obedient in whatever way that God's leading you. Won't you do that today? Brother Harold, lead us in at least one more verse. Right? Time is now fleeting. You come on, don't wait, don't tear it. Come on, right now. Come to Jesus. Passing from you and from me. Shadows are gathering. Death's night is coming. Coming for you.
Are we pleasing? Are we truly pleasing to God? Are we acceptable? Come on, right now. Come home. Come on. Come to Jesus. seated for just a moment, please. This morning, it's uh, my privilege to introduce uh, to you to, to this lady. She's been, she's been coming for a while couple of three weeks ago, maybe four, I don't remember, she came to me and she says, Brother Mac, I, I think God wants me to be a part of Monday Baby's Church. And my question to her, of course, as y'all know, first, well, do you know Jesus? And she just lit up all over and says, yes, I know Jesus. And I said, have you followed me in scripture baptism and again? She says, yes, I certainly have. Miss Betty, would you come up here with me just a minute, please, ma'am? Up here. And you turn around and look at those folks. They don't bite. They, some, of, some of them look pretty fierce, but they don't bite. This morning, Betty Jones comes saying, I know Jesus is Lord and Savior. I followed him in scriptural baptism, and I want to be a member of Montanay Baptist Church. And the people said... Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Jack, you and Miss Lily are going to be, she'll be a part of y'all's family. And also, if y'all could come and stand with her in just a minute, I think I've got some more information I'm going to have to fill up. If you'll have a seat right there with Darla. And all. You know, we have to have paperwork. way we pronounce that? Chantel. Okay, Chantel. Chantel, she comes this morning acknowledging Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> what I ask you, does Jesus live in your heart right now? Yes. Yes, he does. Do you believe that he died on the cross for you? Yes. Amen and amen. Do you desire to uh, follow the Lord in scriptural baptism also? Yes. Yes, you do. Okay. Well, we'll have this young man right here baptize you here in a few weeks. I'm just about getting too old to get up there in that baptistry and do it, but he can do it. 
We praise God for your decision and uh, wanting to join Monterey Baptist Church and be a part of what God has going on here. My, my, everybody that gets excited about somebody getting saved, let me hear you say amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. We praise God for that. God is so good. Brother George McBride, you and Miss Lori, will, she will be on your family if you would come, please. standing here? Okay. I'm going to ask Brother Thomas and Miss Tosh to go back and stand at the back door so you can greet them. Also, as we dismiss, come by and give these folks the right hug of fellowship as they uh, have joined our church and served the Lord. Betty, you come and stand right up here. Darling, won't you come stand with her? Feel like it, huh? We praise God for you being here this morning. We'll have uh, we'll have services tonight, believe it or not. Six o'clock, Brother Thomas will be breaking the word of life to us again. So you come and be a part of that if you would. We can stand with us as we're dismissed. Jay Frank, dismiss us this morning, brother. Father, as we gather together to praise you, may our lives reflect you. Go with us now through this next week. Thank you for the blessings that we've had. Thank you for these that have come forward confessing you. In Jesus' name, I pray for all of us. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.